Do you think about making dynasty trades even while watching football games? Are you thinking of player values when you should be thinking of family values? Then you may have a trading problem. Don't worry, you're not alone. I am Dynasty Outhouse and I have a trading problem. And I'm Brian Haar and I also have a trading problem. Join us for the Trade Addicts podcast where you can be with like-minded people and talk about everything in the NFL in the context of dynasty trade values. News and notes, make amends, keep trade buys, all these things we will cover every week. And don't forget Trade Addicts trades. So when you're done listening to this fine DLF family podcast, please tune into the Trade Addicts podcast. Thank you and enjoy your podcast. You're listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome to another edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan Myler. With me, Ryan McDowell and Matt Price. Guys, it's uh, it's just about to kick off. Full off-season mode for us as Dynasty managers, Ryan. And, you know, we've been teasing that we're going to talk about this incoming rookie class. It's finally time. We're going we're gonna to hit on a bunch of these guys today. Yes, we are. We are. We are finally diving in. Uh, it it feels like behind the scenes we've we've been looking at this for quite a while. I know uh, our listeners have as well. And and the off season is finally officially here, and, and we're ready to dig in. Yeah, it's going to be a, a lot of fun, and we have a lot of time to talk about these guys. I'm wondering, Matt. I want to know from you with with the changes in this off season, not a traditional scouting combine. How do you feel that's going to project in the dynasty space how these players move around draft boards yeah i mean i think it's gonna i think we're gonna have to rely on on talent and situation more than any and and, you know maybe a little bit less on on the on the pro days especially um you know it it gets even more interesting for players like 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 one of the quarterbacks we're gonna talk today who didn't even play all but like one game in, in this this college football season right so more projections than we've ever had to do before uh, but we've got a lot of smart people doing all the number stuff and a lot of smart people doing the film uh, on what we do have available. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's going to be that much different, but I do think there's a little bit more kind of prognostication, if you will, involved. I think so, too. I was talking to a friend of mine about this over the weekend, and he said that he thought in the NFL draft the cream would probably rise to the top, that there's a good chance that the really good drafters could do really well this year and the really poor drafters could be extremely poor at drafting this year. That might translate directly to Dynasty as well if you're able to kind of see through all the all the monotony and the minutiae that's happening uh, on Twitter and everywhere else, you might be able to take advantage this year more than others because there's just not quite as much information. Let's start start talking about these guys, though. And, you know, we we tried to think of a creative way, and Ryan, I'll, I'll tip my cap to you because you were the one that came up with this. Creative way to talk about these guys. We have February ADP that's going to hit here in the next couple weeks. We thought it'd be fun for the three of us to project these incoming rookies where they'll fall inside of startup ADP in, in single quarterback leagues. So there, there is, there's probably a lot to be said about this. Uh, it's a fun exercise for sure. Most likely, Ryan, we're going to be wrong about a lot of this, but at, at the very least, 
it gives you a good idea of where you feel these players should be valued before we even start drafting them on MFL. Yeah, and I, I do think it's I think it's going to be a valuable process for us, and, and really everyone who plays in Dynasty League should be doing some form of this, at, at least thinking about. Um, Think about the players and the players and their early value at this point, even though there's still so much to learn. Obviously, some of the most important factors in a player's value, including their draft capital, including the team that they're going to be playing on. All of those things will will play a huge role. And uh, but but I do think it's important to have that that idea heading into uh, in, into this full process. I'm really looking forward to comparing mine against your guys is because uh we all we all did this separately and we should dig right in uh let's start with quarterbacks as we usually do when we do these types of things and we're gonna we're gonna i guess list the what what is projected to be the top quarterback uh in order and then just place them in wherever we we start and that obviously starts with uh trevor lawrence out of clemson matt why don't you kick us off where do you see Trevor Lawrence falling in ADP once it comes out here in a couple of weeks. I think there's a couple of likely places where it where, where he could land. For me, I'm putting him at quarterback seven based on our January quarterback ADP. That falls just after Justin Herbert and just before Dak Prescott. Uh, I think that's the first kind of kind of mark where he could land. And then you know, for me personally, like if we're doing our own rankings, I think I would have him after Prescott uh, and maybe even after Wilson. Um, but that's the first spot. And then after that, maybe people feel safer, uh, you know, once we get down to the Joe Burrow range at quarterback nine. So I'm going to say quarterback seven uh, and quarterback 10 as kind of like the break point. I don't think he falls any lower than that just so all our listeners know uh january adp had patrick mahomes at the top followed by kyler murray at two josh allen at three deshaun watson at four lamar jackson at five then at six justin herbert then dak prescott russell wilson and then joe burrow to kind of bring out those top nine and and at 10 is aaron Rodgers. so that's the range we're talking about ryan what do you think do you do you feel the same way does he fall right in that prescott wilson area or maybe a little lower yeah that's about where i had uh trevor lawrence as well Uh, i i also had him quarterback seven so again we're basing this on january adp and and february data will bring big changes as we've already said with rookies being included but we also know these veterans will, will be moving around too. So we're really trying to identify a range um, that might not be exactly quarterback seven, but somewhere uh, in, in this value range, less than Justin Herbert, more than Dak Prescott uh, for Trevor Lawrence. So I, I agree with Matt. I actually had him a little bit lower. I put him at nine behind Russell Wilson and uh, went back and forth with myself whether I should put him just above Wilson, just above Prescott, where you guys did, or right above Joe Burrow at, at quarterback nine. So I, I feel like they're, they're, they should be similarly valued, maybe, maybe with a slight nudge uh, to, to Trevor Lawrence's side. I don't, I, don't, I don't know how confident I am in saying that he's going to be quarterback nine. I, I think I'm probably probably going to be one of the ones that are wrong on that. Let's talk about Justin Fields next. And, guys, the ADP following the Russell Wilson, Joe Burrow, Aaron Rodgers tier is then at 11 is Jalen Hurts, followed by Ryan Tannehill and Baker Mayfield at 13. I think I can speak pretty safely that that's about the range that we're going to be talking about. Matt, 
where do you have Justin Fields fall? Yeah, he's just a little bit lower than than uh, Trevor Lawrence there. Maybe in just the just that next tier. I don't think people are going to drop him below Aaron Rodgers at ten. Uh, oh, I guess eleven if we're considering where I had him, at, where we're slotting in, in Lawrence. You have to kind of adjust everybody down, right? Um, so I, I, I would, I think he's going to land just after Joe Burrow. So in this ADP, that would be uh, quarterback eleven, and it would be after Joe Burrow and before Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I agree completely. Uh, I had Lawrence at nine, then Joe Burrow at ten, and Justin Fields right after him. I, you know, the the rushing floor makes creates kind of a an opportunity i guess and depending on where he goes in the nfl draft and things like that lots of dynasty managers right now fellas are bumping up these rushing quarterbacks and field certainly certainly is one of those guys so there's a chance that he could be right up there with trevor lawrence with uh, with some dynasty managers ryan where would you slot him in as far as adp goes yeah so one thing i did to try to kind of give me some perspective because it, I, I do think it's really easy to lose perspective once you start uh, digging into a new a new rookie class and the hype really takes over so I looked back at the past three years of specifically that February ADP because that is always the the time when we get these new rookies included into the system and and in our data uh, over the past three years Joe Burrow was the only quarterback to enter the league as a quarterback one, meaning he was drafted at, at the quarterback 11 spot um, in that February ADP last year. He's the only one, though. So we're talking about uh, Tua, uh, Tungvaloa. We're talking about Kyler Murray and um, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson. All of those players were outside of that QB1 range. I, I do think we're going to have two of them this year, and I agree with both of you guys. I've got Fields at quarterback eleven, between Burrow and Rodgers. Yeah, he fits right there. That's some interesting information that you just passed along. But you know, while you were saying it, I'm thinking to myself, okay, all these veterans though they're now another year older, and those names are still sticking around, but being bumped down these this ADP. And on top of that, we we were just coming off a season where we had Burrow take off so quickly, and of course Justin Herbert having a record-setting rookie season at quarterback. I I think everything you said is worth worth considering for sure. But because of the the success of all these guys, really Josh Allen and Kyler Murray and Lamar and and the rookies from this past year, I, the expectation now is that these quarterbacks are going to hit the ground running particularly these rushing quarterbacks because of the floor that they offer dynasty managers are are hip to that they we we know what's going on now if this guy ends up in the right spot there's a good chance that he's not only a a quarterback one but maybe even a top 10 guy right I, i think if anything we we might all be low on fields at at that 11 spot um it, it really does feel like a a season of transition at the quarterback uh, quarterback position. We've already had um, we've already had Drew Brees. At, at least we think he's going to retire. We've had Philip Rivers retire. We've had a couple of the other veterans like Ben Roethlisberger really take a step back in production. And, and then along with that, uh, these highly valued uh, or once highly valued young quarterbacks like like Daniel Jones and Jared Goff have really really just disappointed and and have lost quite a bit of value because of it so uh, this quarterback class which could could ultimately give us six first rounders in the nfl draft uh we really need this from uh from an overall 
dynasty perspective for that quarterback position. Yeah, and the reason, you know, the thing that pops into my mind immediately is you, you see, you look at the the last quarterback one, the quarterback 12 in January ADP, it's Ryan Tannehill, a guy that, that we all like to stream in, in redraft leagues and certainly like as our second quarterback or, or even our third option for some of us in Superflex in two quarterback leagues. He's sitting there right at the end of the QB ones, and that just doesn't seem right. It's kind of like if, if Kirk, Kirk Cousins was sitting there, that – that, that just wouldn't be right. So we definitely need an infusion of youth. There, there's the opportunity that for that for sure this season. I'm going to kind of bunch these next two guys together. Ryan, Zach Wilson out of BYU, Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. Both players, there, there's a lot of uh, hemming and hawing in the dynasty space as, as well in the NFL draft community of who's the third guy, how high does he go because some – think he could potentially be a, a top five or top 10 pick there's others that say hey there's going to be four quarterbacks in the top 10 or 12 picks in the NFL draft that's going to push this dynasty value up so if we talk about these two as a group Wilson and Lance how do you see them falling in this well, I'm glad you grouped them together because uh, I grouped them together as well in this exercise me too <laughs> uh, ultimately I ended up with them as quarterback 19 and 20 uh, that puts them between Matthew Stafford and Daniel Jones. I do expect, I do expect Matthew Stafford to move up the board a little bit. Uh, like we talked about earlier, we'll see some shuffling with these veterans as well. Uh, but a- after Lawrence and and Fields, who feel like the clear top two for me, or, or maybe it's the clear top one, the clear number two, and and then yeah. the, these other four guys, it, it it makes me think about that that class of 2018 because we. Uh, we had five first-rounders with Josh Rosen, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, Sam Darnold, and Josh Allen. But there was, uh, especially early in, in the process, when we were drafting them in, in mock drafts or, or in actual drafts in February and March, we, we really had no idea what uh, order these guys might go in. And really that hurt the, the early value of all of them. Josh Josh Rosen was the earliest one drafted at quarterback 18, but they all came off the board between 18 and 27. So I, I think with the um, the uncertainty about what order Wilson, Lance, and, and a couple of these other guys might go in in that first round, I think that's what we could end up with, something like that, where they're um, low-end QB2s in this early ADP, and, and really they, they're offering a value if you are drafting in an early startup draft. I completely agree with that. And, you know, I considered doing that, moving them down as low as you did there, Ryan. Not not that that's way below where I, I would have them or anything. I also considering ha- having them all the way up at uh, like 14 or 15, right behind Jalen Hurts or right around that area in front of Ryan Tannehill because of the upside that each of them project to have. I'm I'm relatively high on both Lance and Wilson. I feel like they are NFL starters and guys with the kind of upside that if they landed with the right coach and some weapons in place, they could do some damage early in their career. I ended up putting them right behind Tua Tungvaloa, which would, in this exercise, putting them at 17-18. Jared Goff, of course, would be out of there at 19, and Stafford would fall in that range as well. Uh, we've talked about how Stafford could potentially move up. 
I think there's a there's at least a case to be made with these two incoming rookies, Lance and Wilson, that they could be as high as early second or, or, or early quarterback twos, and maybe as low as those late quarterback twos that you just mentioned there, Ryan. Matt, how about you? Uh, these guys are are certainly a lot of, of fun to to think about and, and project. Where do you fall on it? A little higher or a little I lower? think I have Lance quite, uh, I guess maybe not quite a bit higher, but definitely higher than you guys. I have him just outside uh, the quarterback one range at quarterback 13 after Rodgers and before Jalen Hurts. I just think that in this era of quarterback play, especially for fantasy, where we've seen what can happen when, when quarterbacks use their legs, that dynasty managers are going to get infatuated uh, the more and more they learn about Trey Lance in 2019 uh, 1100 yards rushing so uh, he can definitely do with his legs obviously less a little bit less polished probably than the other three guys we're talking about so far including Wilson and that um, but from that perspective I just think that we're going to see him go higher than, than we think he is you know depending on draft capital if he drops the second or third round somehow uh, you know I, I don't think that's going to happen but if it does then then we have to readjust obviously and when Again, this is the player I alluded to in the beginning as we haven't really seen him play at all in, uh, in 2020, right? And the one time he did, he wasn't really that impressive. Um, but uh, that rushing aspect, I think it's going to pump him up to that, that upper quarterback two range uh, if we're talking about, uh, you know, just outside of the top 12. Yeah, and that obviously depends on landing spot, like you said. Elaborate a little bit on Wilson because you said you have him a little bit lower than Lance, but how far is he going to fall? Yeah, I've got I've got Lance a little farther down, just four spots from from uh, excuse me Wilson a little bit about four spots lower than Lance at quarterback seventeen, just after Tua Tungavaloa and before uh, Jared Goff. Uh, you know, I, I do think that Tua is a little bit down in the minds of dynasty managers right now in general. A little bit of a you know a little bit of a disappointing season, um, but I, I still think. I just think the way that we love that we 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 value rookie quarterbacks and somebody uh, uh, like Zach Wilson, he's he's going to fall just 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 after him. You know, he, he's not going to do this as much with his legs as Lance is, and certainly not as much as as Fields will do. Uh, and I think he's got a little bit more issues, I think, with with, with his pro- profile overall. So I, I'm, I have him a little bit lower than Lance there, and, and I could be completely wrong. I mean, it, it seems like a lock at this point just from what we've been hearing with news and things on Twitter that Wilson's probably going to go before Lance. But if they're both first-round picks, uh, then Lance has got that rushing upside that I'm not sure that Wilson does. And no matter what, where these guys fall, we're, we're talking about picks between 100 and 150, really, maybe even 160 in your startup. Uh, in these in these drafts, Ryan, this coming this coming month, and when we're tr- trying to collect this ADP, you're, I, I think it's probably pretty safe to say that we'll see these guys all over the board. Um, we could see yeah. see dynasty managers jump on them real early in the 80s or 90s, and then they could fall all the way down to the 160s, 180s in some other leagues, especially when you talk about Wilson and Lance. Yeah, so what we typically see with the rookies in in the early ADP, early meaning before the NFL draft, is the February number on them, whether it's the top guys like, like Lawrence or um, quarterbacks like we're talking about with Wilson and Lance, who, who are going to come off the board a little bit later in the NFL draft, typically that's going to be their, their lowest ADP, especially of the offseason. We see those players – gain value from from February until the NFL draft and obviously that uh, that really changes everything uh, but it, if you want to look back at at a rookie's 
uh, pre-NFL draft ADP, in almost every case, the February number is going to be their lowest. So uh, I do think we'll see Wilson and Lance and, and these other guys we will get into um, somewhere in that late teen to 20 range uh, as, as far as quarterback ranks. And, and yeah, the, the mid-teens uh, as far as the rounds that they'll, they'll be selected. Yeah, so there are a couple other quarterbacks worth talking about, and I don't I don't want to disparage Mac Jones because there's there's a lot of publicity around him, especially right now after a strong Senior Bowl. Lots of lots of thoughts that he's going to be the fifth uh, quarterback taken in the first round of the NFL draft. Of course, had that big career at Alabama, big season at Alabama, really, uh, and. You know he's going to be a, an interesting one for sure, Ryan, because there there's some out there that might you know pack him in there with Trey Lance and and Zach Wilson, and there's others that are going to say no. There's a tear break between there. Uh, where he falls in ADP is going to be really interesting. It seems pretty safe to say that that he falls a little bit lower. How far would you would you knock him down? Yeah, he's lower for me. I think in most of the NFL mock drafts you look at, he's He's lower in those as well, where the the first four guys are potentially um, maybe even all top five picks. I've I've seen that a couple of times. Uh, Jones is typically coming off the board in the uh, in the teens, the mid teens. So um, for me, he's I would have him at quarterback twenty five. That's between uh, according to our January ADP. That's between Matt Ryan and Tom Brady. And I do just wonder. a guy like Mac Jones, Dan, you talked about the, um, the, the quarterbacks that offer some upside with their legs. Mac Jones certainly does not do that. So I I wonder if there's dynasty players who, who really just don't even consider quarterbacks like that at all, where they're only focused on quarterbacks that can run the ball. Um, that could, could certainly hurt his value. Matt, Matt, how about you with with Jones? Are, are you uh, are you on the same page? You thinking he he's right in that range or somewhere else? Yeah, I, I have him about the same as Ryan, quarterback twenty three after Matt Ryan before Tom Brady. Why do we have Brady this high? First of all, <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole other conversation. Uh, but. Uh, you know, I, I just he, he's he's pretty much off my board for one quarterback leagues. He, he's not uh, of interest to me at all. I think he's his upside is is somebody like like a. I don't know, like an Andy Dalton or Kirk Cousins, not necessarily a complete game manager type, but you know, I, don't, I just don't think the upside is there, especially in a one quarterback league, for him to be considered any more than a, a low end backup for your team. Yeah, so it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to have him if he compares to Kirk Cousins so much to have him above Kate, Kirk Cousins. I, that's the actual reason I put him right below Kirk Cousins. Ahead uh, of Matt Ryan, that may, maybe I made a little bit of a mistake. We might that might be a clean sweep. We should all have him. <laughs> well, rookie behind. fever, you know. Yeah, we'll push him. <laughs> pushed up a him up bit. one spot. We'll push him up. Um. <laughs> I, I got a little well, bit you mad already got at it. Matt Ryan uh, in the second half of the season. So <laughs> you know, being a Ridley guy, I, I, I held that against him in these rankings. You got to get Ridley the ball so a little spiteful. more. So spiteful. Uh, the last guy we should talk about, guys, Kyle Kyle Trask out of Florida. Um, another guy with that moves around a lot in these mock drafts that you see, Ryan. Uh, there are some that are pretty excited about his upside. Others that that think maybe he doesn't belong, uh, even p- perhaps talked about uh, with these other names. What are your thoughts on Trask? Is he a guy that could move up, or is he a guy that's going to have to take some time? He feels feels more like a project to me. Um, kind of kind of like Jones, except not just 
not quite as good, honestly. Um, yeah. I think there's, you know, there's a real chance that he does not end up as a, as a first round NFL draft quarterback. And if that's the case, then even projecting him in, in kind of that mid 20 range, which is where I have him now, I, I, I slotted him in as quarterback 26, actually right behind Jones. So that would be ahead of, uh, ahead of Tom Brady. Even that would feel high if he falls to day two. Uh, it, it just feels like there's not a ton of upside. He kind of ended the season on a, on a cold streak. So yeah, it feels like Trask is the guy that's trending down. Matt. Yeah. Yeah. Same for me. He's, he's, he's not someone I'm interested in, especially in one quarterback lead. I put him just behind Mac Jones, uh, like Ryan did just, you know, as, as, as almost like a hedge. Like I think he's going to end up much lower than that in my rankings and in, and in final ADP once we get, get all the landing spots for these guys. But, uh, right now with, you know, rookie fever heating up, you got to give the young guy a chance over these guys at the bottom of our quarterback list as we get into the quarterback threes where, you know, they don't have as much of a chance, uh, to really gain much value. Yeah, I didn't think there was a very good chance that that many dynasty managers would take him over guys like Carson Wentz and Derek Carr and Jameis Winston. So I had him all the way down at 31, a few spots below where you guys had it, for all the reasons, really, that you guys just mentioned. Anything else we should talk about here, Ryan, with these quarterbacks? Because we, we do have time, uh, of course, to dissect what they're all about and where they're going to land and how that projects forward in dynasty as a group, what are your thoughts about this quarterback group? You mentioned earlier that that it's nice to have some good young blood, uh, a list of names rather than just one or two, of, as we've had in the last few years. This really feels like uh, a, a group that, that could change the dynasty landscape for a few years. I really think it will. Uh, if you look at, at this current ADP we've been basing all of this discussion on, Jalen Hurts is as great as he was for a month to end the season. He's the quarterback 11 in our dynasty ADP, which um, he could certainly earn that. I mean, we've heard some news that that could lead to that. Uh, we know as the offseason kind of unfolds, but based on one month, that kind of feels feels silly. Uh, we, we've got Ryan Tannehill, Dan, who you already mentioned as a quarterback one and as good as he is that feels crazy that he's a dynasty QB one right now. So uh, yeah, I think we absolutely need this group. We need uh, Lawrence and fields to live up to the hype, both as automatic dynasty quarterback ones. And then we needed at least one, maybe even two of, uh, of the next group, Wilson, Lance Jones, and, and even down to Trask. We need those guys to hit because the, the veterans are, are aging out. We've talked about rivers and Ben and, and, uh, Breeze and 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 we could even throw Brady and Matt Ryan in there. Those guys they just don't have that much longer in their career, and a lot of the young players that we were counting on have not produced. Uh, talked about golf earlier, and uh, I mean we could even talk about guys like Mitch Trubisky, who was um, drafted highly in the NFL. So w- we need this class. Yeah, we need it for sure, Matt. Your thoughts on the class in general? You've been digging into these players and and trying to get a feel for how they project forward for us as dynasty managers. How do you feel about it as a whole? Yeah, I think we have four quarterbacks that are going to be, you know, at worst quarterback twos. And, and at best, maybe we have a new quarterback one eventually on our hands with with, with Trevor Lawrence, uh, if he plays out how how we think, think it will. You know, lots of talk out there how he's the best 
quarterback prospects since Andrew Luck, maybe even better than Andrew Luck was uh, going all the way back. Uh, what was that? Whatever year that was, 2012. I'm not going to try. 2012 is what, yeah, it was, that was what was popping in my head, but I wasn't sure. Um, so, so you know, we have the, the, the gamut here, and, and I think the most important part potentially is that we're adding – two to three guys who can really make a difference with their legs as well. So uh, we've talked about how that rushing premium has really come to the surface, especially in 2019 and 2020. So we're going to get two more of those guys that are are going to you know increase the chances that somebody in your typical 12-team league is going to be able to get one of those difference makers. Well, I think the, the other discussion may be worth having, even though it is so early, is focused on Trevor Lawrence. And, of course, there's going to be a lot of – a lot of talk about him over the next few weeks and, and months, but uh, I think we all basically had him in that QB seven range around Herbert and Dak Prescott. Uh, but I, I've seen people rank and, and value him as a, a top three quarterback already. Um, maybe, maybe that's worth discussing is just how aggressive can we get with Lawrence when we're looking at, at already young players. I mean, Murray and Allen, Watson, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, and Patrick Mahomes are the current top six, and the oldest one of them is twenty five. You know, I just I just think there's is some value in what you know already, and I'm not I, I'm not saying Lawrence isn't going to be good, but there's always that chance that he's a bust. We had Ryan Leaf that we everybody was you can't say those two about names in the in the same <laughs> sentence. Sorry, I, I probably just put a curse on, on him or something, which is not my intention at all. Um, but I just think there's some value into into something that you already know we already know those top six to seven guys are are great and going to be great for a long time so for me like you've got I feel like you've got to leave a little bit of upside there and if you price them at the absolute upside like right from the beginning like like I I don't know like I don't I don't don't really see a a whole lot of value in that exercise unless he it just is that good from from the get well if if he ends up being the next Patrick Mahomes or even Andrew Luck he is a value even down there at five or six or, or even maybe even four. The problem I had, and you alluded to it, Matt, is that we know about these guys. I don't have any problem with somebody putting him over Herbert, uh, maybe even Prescott. I, I, I really don't mind people putting him over Josh Allen either. But when you're talking about Deshaun Watson, that's the name that I constantly think of. Of, of those top five quarterbacks, he's the one that's – that's overlooked far too much. I think it's a travesty that he's at four and not at two. And, and uh, you know, some of these guys that are projecting forward and putting a rookie over a guy like Deshaun Watson, who has carried a franchise and carried dynasty managers already and is still what only 25 years old, that's, that's ludicrous. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not saying I'm not I'm not I'm not saying at all that that Trevor Lawrence is not that rushing threat. He certainly is to some degree. But if we're going to put a premium on these guys that that can rush, uh, you know, outside of Mahomes, we've got Murray, Allen, Watson, Lamar Jackson, uh, you know, uh, Herbert to a lesser extent, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson. All of these guys are are ones that are going to add value with their legs, and and I think. Lawrence certainly will add a little bit, but I don't think that's where the primary amount of his his production is going to come from. So, uh, so that part puts a little bit of a damper in terms of getting him up into that top three, four, even five range. Uh, lack of the rushing upside. I mean, we have Mahomes up there, who again doesn't do as much as those other guys on the list, but we know why Mahomes is number one. And maybe Lawrence is is that next guy that can be on that list uh, that's going to provide that much production without the without the insane rushing numbers, right? Um, but it's a little bit hard to project that from 
from this point. Yeah, there is a lot of time for us to to talk about these guys, especially these guys at the top, and we'll get to that. Speaking of rushing, we should talk about some running backs because while we won't get through the entire list of running backs available in this NFL draft, I'd like to talk about the top five or six guys because there are names that could potentially be first-round NFL picks, certainly some second- and third-rounders. Let's try to hit on some of them and do the same thing that we did with the quarterbacks. We, we might as well start at the top with Najee Harris, um, another guy out of Alabama. This guy, I, this one's going to be an interesting one. I don't know where you guys have him. I know where I ended up with him, and I feel like I'm going to be low, so why don't you each go first? <laughs> I'll go first. I think I might be low as well, at least uh, uh, compared to what a lot of people expect. And and Harris is another player, while he's emerged for most people, is the RB1 in the class. I think when you think think about running back prospects big picture, meaning looking back at last year, looking back at uh, the past two or three years, um, he doesn't – I don't know, he doesn't feel like that – slam dunk RB1 that that we saw. I mean, he's, he doesn't feel like the type of prospect like Jonathan Taylor was, for example, to me uh, early in this process. So I've got Harris at RB17. That would be currently between Aaron Jones and Austin Eckler. And again, I did the same thing with the, with the running backs that I did at the quarterbacks. I looked back at the past three years of February DLF ADP. We had three running backs who entered as top 12 running backs. DeAndre Swift last year was one. And then going back to 2018, uh, Saquon Barkley was RB7 in his first month uh, in February, and Darius Geis was RB12. So uh, a little bit of a mixed bag with, with those guys. I I guess I, I did not expect to be very high on Najee Harris because he's not my my running back one in this class. Uh, but I again talking about rookie fever and where they're falling amongst these veterans. I put him as a running back one at running back ten, uh, just behind Nick Chubb and ahead of Josh Jacobs. I think we're a little bit down on Jacobs. We're a little bit down on Hilaire. Uh, people are way down on Sanders and Elliott. Uh, so you know I, I think at the end of the day, once we get to the full you know full when we're in full rookie hype gear. Uh, I, I really do think he's going to land in that back end running back one conversation. Yeah, he may. I'm actually right, right in line, right in lockstep with Ryan. I had him right after Aaron Jones, which would put him at number 17. And, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised, Matt, and you can re- rebuke this if you want to, that you had him quite as high because you do you do value that PPR aspect and, and all those things. And while Harris is a good pass catcher, um we don't know how that will project forward in the NFL with him specifically because he is such a bruiser and such a big guy and, and makes those plays between the tackles. Sometimes those guys get to the NFL with a uh, with the pedigree to be a pass catcher, and they're just not used that way because of, of stigma or whatever. It's happened so many times, and I, I just think that maybe that could happen with Najee Harris as well. Yeah, I don't necessarily dis- disagree. He's not a... Uh... He's not a receiving weapon, so to speak, but he is. He's a pass catcher, he's, though. <laughs> he, he's a pass catcher. You know, he's a little bit. I think he's. I would say he's. He's not quite a dump off option either, but he's not going to be used like a. You know, out in space, really. I don't think. Uh, I did see one stat that I thought was interesting from I think our buddy Ray Garvin. He was first in tackles avoided after reception with, with twenty last year. You know, that's 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 something I, yeah, that's <laughs> I guess. Um, but but yeah, for me, he's he 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 is he's the safest. 
if that, if that if that matters to you, I think he's the safest running back in the class, but I don't think he necessarily has the upside to be the best running back in the he class. He has he has a big upside though. I I think if you talk about ultimate upside, he it's it might be through the roof if he if he lands in the perfect system and gets that three down If he's a stealer. It, yeah, if he's a stealer, that kind of if situation where he gets all the work and he's the pass catcher, he he has a very 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 high ultimate ceiling. And that's not always the case with with a lot of these guys. Uh, I, I don't know that he has a has a very uh, very low floor either. He, he like you said he he seems pretty safe. The other big name I guess among these running backs is Travis Etienne uh, out of Clemson. He's going to be valued similarly. A lot of dynasty managers already have him above Harris. Some are one tick below. Ryan, how about Etienne? Where do you have him? Yeah, I've got him just below Harris in in my early rankings, uh, and in this specifically, uh, looking at our uh, January running back ADP, I've got him at RB twenty one. So that would be between Joe Mixon and David Montgomery. Okay, I actually had him exactly right behind him, uh, right so at eighteen over um, among these running backs. I I honestly I have him ranked above. Harris anyway I I feel like if I was on the clock in one of these mocks that are coming up I'd take him before Harris uh but only a couple of spots and that's why I you know it feels like the market says that Harris is the RB1 and and ETN is a is is number two or maybe even 1A uh I I kind of feel like it it's the other way around so I would go with the other guy I would go with ETN uh Matt what do you think who where does he fall yeah, since like I said we're we're projecting ADP here, not not our personal rankings. In my personal rankings, he is still the running back one. I just think, you know, he offers that that league breaking upside, whereas I'm not sure that Harris does personally. So uh, I have him in, in terms of ADP coming in again just behind Najee Harris, like you guys do, but a little bit higher, obviously, uh, based on where I had Harris at 10. So he's at 11 for me, just after Harris, right before Josh Jacobs. The next guy we should talk about is Javante Williams out of North Carolina. Ryan, where did you slot him at? Um, just a, a couple more steps down. He would be my RB24. That would be between uh, Kareem Hunt and uh, Ronald Jones. Uh, I, I think he, he's definitely an interesting one. It almost kind of feels like the quarterback discussion because we've got Harris and ETN. For most people, those are the top two. Um, I, I think kind of like... Zach Wilson, that that Javante Williams is starting to establish himself as that um, that locked in third option at the position, and then after that, it's it's really wide open. Yeah, it really is. Uh, he's a he's a guy that I'm slow coming around on, but it seems like like you mentioned, everybody else is, and he is establishing himself. Uh, I actually had him a with that said, I had him a couple spots higher because of the market and where I think. Other dynasty managers value him. I had him right behind Joe Mixon and in front of David Montgomery for the running back 22 spot. Matt, how about you? Yeah, I can't, I can't wait to talk more in depth about these guys because he's he's a fun player to watch he's becoming one of my favorites and I think he is at least until we know landing spot and draft capital all that stuff I think he is solidified as my running back three in this class uh I have him at 18 in this exercise as we're projecting ADP just after Antonio Gibson and just before Aaron Jones 
after game or after Williams, there seems like there's a, a group of running backs where many dynasty managers are, are trying to decide who should be four or five or six. The last three guys we should talk about here, Ryan, are Kenneth Gainwell, Trey Sermon, and Chuba Hubbard. There there's there's things to like about all these guys. There's certainly guys that are going to be dissected closely in the coming weeks and months before the NFL draft landing spot and draft capital is going to matter a lot. But as far as February ADP goes, Ryan, where do you think these guys all slot in? So as I, as I looked back at that past ADP, this group of running backs really from top to bottom from Harris and ETN to, to these guys that we're looking at now, Reminded me of the 2019 class. We didn't know exactly who we thought was going to be RB1. There really there was not a, a, a locked-in RB1. That was the David Montgomery, Josh Jacobs group. Those two guys uh, opened as RB24. That was Montgomery, RB26, Jacobs. But then looking at some of the other names after that, again, wide open. Daryl Henderson, uh, Rodney Anderson, Devin Singletary, Damian Harris, Elijah Holyfield, and then at RB8 among the rookies in that year, and that was this is February data, we had Miles Sanders. He was the RB49. He was the eighth guy in that class, and that's really what I want to start looking for right now is who's going to be that Miles Sanders, who's going to go from maybe a low-end uh a low-end guy on, on a top 10 running back list to a player who can become the most valuable running back in the class. Uh, looking at at these, it, it could be Gainwell or Sermon. I like both of those guys a lot. Right now I've got them RB 38 and 39. That puts them between Chase Edmonds and Leonard Fournette. And then uh, maybe it's that recency bias for Chuba Hubbard, but his, his final season uh, was, was just so – so terrible it 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 hurt me that he went back to school after where he where he could have been valued a year ago but I've got him running back 47 right now uh, between Jamal Williams and Alexander Madison yeah you had all three of them a little bit lower than I had them Kenneth Gainwell and Trey Sermon fell in at 29 and 30 right behind AJ Dillon and in front of Kenyon Drake uh, I did. I did the same with with Chuba. Uh, I had a hard time really placing him, and I think there's a chance because of um, the pedigree and and where he comes from, and and all that Devi hype that he's had in the past. Ryan, you know all about that. Uh, that that carries him along even early on in the process. I ended up putting him right behind Keyshawn Vaughn and and ahead of Damian Harris. So a few spots ahead of where you had him. I'm I'm not necessarily high on him, although I. I'm interested to see how he does in these interviews, where he goes in the NFL draft, because there's certainly a spot for him if he if he does everything right and, and works his way up these draft boards. Matt, how about this group for you? Uh, lots of talent for sure. Who's who's your favorite guy and where do the three of them slot? My favorite guy here is Gainwell, just because I think he, he has – I think he has – I think he has amazing hands. I think I don't know if he is the best receiving back in the class yet, but I think he's got to be a, be up there. He looks very natural catching the ball, and of course we love that for Dynasty. So uh, I have him at running back eighteen, just after. Uh, uh, sorry, excuse me. I have him at running back twenty five, just after Kareem Hunt and before Ronald Jones. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure you guys know this. I'm sure everybody is aware of this, but after like running back twenty twenty one, it 
freaking falls off a cliff, right? So uh, I have these next two guys uh, higher than you as well, which makes sense uh, based on where we had the, the, the upper tier guys. So I put uh, Chuba Hubbard at running back 26 just after Gainwell and before Ron, uh, Ronald Jones. And then I put Trey, Hurts, Trey Sermon at running back 30 after A.J. Dillon and before Kenyon Drake. Same question as we talked about with the quarterbacks. As a whole, Ryan, you're thinking about this running back class. There's certainly some top-end talent, and there's some intriguing guys in the middle rounds as well. How's this going to affect the dynasty landscape at the running back position? Because as as Matt said, it falls off pretty drastically in a few spots, and, and this young talent could help that out a little bit. Yeah, it does. And, and we were spoiled, of course, last year with, with that rookie running back group that we had. So it, it would be really easy, especially with the, the depth at the wide receiver position of these incoming rookies and, and the potential high-end impact both at uh, a quarterback and tight end. It would be really easy just to write off this this group of running backs and uh, and focus on the other positions. But I don't think we should do that. Again, like I said, I'm going to be – searching and, and trying to find who might be that Miles Sanders between now and, and draft day, uh, whether it be NFL draft or your dynasty rookie draft that could really gain some value. Same question for you, Matt. Yeah, I think you absolutely have to do that. Just, I mean, you can go down to, I don't know, wide receiver 45 and feel pretty good about, <laughs> about your, about having wide receivers in that range. Right. So as good as these wide receivers are going to be coming out, I think there is a little bit of premium at the running back position. I'm not saying I'm taking, you know, Gainwell over Jamar Chase or something like that. Right. But I think once you get down to the bottom of that first round, when we get through those really uh, receivers that we really think are going to be elite, you have to consider some of these back end running backs that they land in good sp- situations and they end up with good draft capital because because, I mean, we could conceivably see all all these all six of these guys we started, uh, we, we've talked about today, you know, in that late-end, low-end running back two range at, at the very worst. And you can't really fault anybody because once you get past that, we're talking about veterans like Melvin Gordon or disappointing backfields like, like Zach Moss and Singletary or David Johnson, Damian Harris. You know, it gets real ugly real quick after those top 20 to 24 guys, I guess we could say. Um, so I, I think we're going to get, you know – 20 to 25 percent of our of our top top 24 running backs is going to be replaced by this class yeah and we only we only went those six names deep but there there are a lot more we could find that that diamond in the rough even lower there's guys like michael carter out of north carolina and jamar jefferson out of oregon state the list kind of goes on and on with these these players that in a traditional year we might watch that combine really closely now with the with the dark cloud over the head of the of these scores and the, these times that we're going to see out of out of pro days and out of the regional combine or however they're going to do this um you I don't know if everybody should trust those quite as much as you maybe would have at the combine that could create some clarity for us we might go more off of film and what we remember of these players out of college rather than what they did one day in Indianapolis that that could be a good thing next week guys we're gonna we're gonna do the same thing but with the wide receivers and the tight ends we'll try to place these guys inside of ADP right before February ADP releases if you guys want to get in on that February ADP start to start to set those numbers for all these players as well as the veterans you can get get with Ryan McDowell on Twitter and he will get you in one of these drafts For Ryan and Matt, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again next week.